0: Welcome everybody, I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for pre Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future, and I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. Do you lay awake at night wondering if you have enough money to pay the bills, let alone retire? In this show, your vision will be transformed and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families over the past 20 plus years and I'm proud to say I've never lost one dollar of my client's money. I will share with you secrets that I've learned over two decades that only the few rich know and really have been around for centuries. Most Americans are not prepared for their golden years, let alone today. And no matter what your financial status is, you could be prepared to enjoy your life and never run out of money. But it isn't just about money. Pre-retirement is plan retirement early, so your money, your health, and your client is there when you need it. So there's lots of goodies to be prepared for. And my special guest today is Tim Ralston. He is an international spokesman and recurring survival expert on the National Geographic Channel, number one rated program, Doomsday Preppers. He's also the founder of Gear Up, a brand that provides cutting-edge survival, preparedness, and outdoor gear. Tim has integrated his lifelong love of outdoors and adventure into founding Gear Up, an industry leader in developing, manufacturing, and acquiring cutting-edge outdoor adventure and self Reliance Gear. With a heavy emphasis on branding American-made products, GearUp strives to bring the best possible gear to the market while creating American jobs. How cool. Tim, so nice (laughs) to have you.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: That's great. And we definitely have to be prepared. I mean, there's (laughs) so many things here now, right?
1: Yeah, there is. Uh yeah, uh, you're as I'm listening to your intro, I was just like, going, "Man, I've got to buy her book because the money part you know, for me is like, okay, yeah, I have some gold and some silver, but you know, having those extra funds for when I retire because I'm kind of living in the moment right now, so I could probably be a great student for you. Um, Absolutely. but when it comes yeah. to, you know, the survival that's, you know, been my focus here for the, you know, the last couple of years and and like you said, you know, building a, a good American American Uh, American-branded product. I just couldn't find the good stuff, um, you know, that was coming out of the East, the Far East, and it was just like, well, you know, if my life depended on it, I certainly don't want stuff to break. So we decided to just go ahead and start building it ourselves, and uh, we make some really tough products.
0: Well, that's good, because we need tough products. (laughs) We're in a tough world.
1: Yeah, exactly. Tough tools for tough times, I say. Right,
0: exactly. Well, you know, just to follow what you said... If you do get a copy of my book, I do offer the people that get it a financial fitness review. And I'm not your normal planner. I mean, I actually talk about these things have been around since the middle ages, but mm-hmm. only the rich people know about them. And like you and I were talking about before we started the show, a lot of information is, is withheld from people. Yeah. And, and especially for finances and about really what's happening with uh crisis um weather um, you know what, what do you think is really on the horizon for everybody right
1: now? Well, you know, like we spoke earlier, you know, I think it comes down to everyone's normalcy bias, and I think that that plays well into your entire life, whether it be your, you know, financials, you know, where people are, like, oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll make it happen. You know, I have my own normalcy bias with that. Don't worry, I'll make enough money to, to do it. I'll start later, and I wind up never ever starting. And same thing with people's preparations. Oh, I'll never get hit by an earthquake i mean my 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 own mother for goodness sakes who i've been preaching to forever saying hey you need to be prepared you need to get your documents together in case you had to leave the house in an emergency and have you know the proper amount of food water protection all the basic essentials and she's like nah nothing will ever happen to me and sure enough um, she in, lives in colorado springs um what happened Hor- horrific fires came through um her um her neighborhood and it was one of those you know the grace of God that the the flame skipped her house but oh. she was panicked and she was, she called me and goes I get it I get it now you know I'm, I'm not invincible and I need to do some planning and so uh, as far as what's the threats that are out there you know I, I, I go with the, the the thought pattern is prepare for the worst hope for the best and you know for every person the worst could mean losing their job for a year I mean I have a woman uh, a couple years ago came in and bought a year's supply of food for me. The freeze-dried, you know, the 25 year shelf life food, the the stuff that is, I call it food insurance, right? And just so happens she lost her job that following year and couldn't find another job for a full year. They actually lived on their food rations, you know, mixed in with some other stuff. Her husband was still working. But she told me, she was like, if I didn't have that, you know, I had planned ahead for an emergency. She goes, you know, it wasn't doomsday. She goes, I just lost my Job, but to her, that was an emergency, and thank goodness she you know took you know the the action step and actually went out and bought it so you know i don't think that Mother Nature ever is going to give us a clue about when she's going to throw the next curveball it's just up to us as you know citizens to say, hey, I got to be prepared because Let's face it. I've watched response times for Katrina and, and Sandy, and our government is just not Johnny on the spot, you know. And I'm ex-military, so I, I, I care about our country. I've served served um, our country, and um, I know we can't be at all places at all times. And I think it's every person's individual responsibility to say, "Hey, I got to take care of at least myself," and then after I take care of myself, I can help others. And I think that's right. kind of the, the mantra of the preppers nowadays. Uh, it's a it's a great movement, it's, and I think it's empowering a lot of people.
0: Well, you know, we just went through that what September, they call it National Preparedness Month. Right. Which I've really, I've never really heard anything about it. Yeah. What does that mean? What are people supposed to be doing here?
1: Well, I think what, what happens during the National Preparedness Month is it's, it's time to reflect. It's, um, you know, for every individual, like I said, everybody's um, requirement for their survival is different. If I have a family of five, you know, if I have small kids or I have a health issue, um, it's, it's about coming aware of there could be potential danger, um, whether it be losing power for, for three days, you know, this next month, our government's doing power outage drills all on the East coast, you know, and right now we're so dependent on the power that if, you know, we lost it, um, for any length of time, it could yeah. be catastrophic. And people don't realize that because we're so dependent and we're so used to having it. Just click a switch and it's on. But if we didn't have it, our lives would be totally different. And, um, you know, right now we're our sun is going through what they call the solar maxim. And there are solar flares that um, are... you know, uh, projecting huge amount of radiation that comes off of the sun. And um, it could act as as just like an atomic bomb going off in our stratosphere where it could, um, they call it an EMP, and it could fry out all the electronics, um, you know, throughout the United States with, you know, within minutes. And at that point, you're kind of back to the Stone Ages. You know, for me, that's the worst case scenario. So I plan for that. And uh, I think it's the month is Just allowing people to kind of look at what potential dangers there are around them and then say, okay, well, I got to plan accordingly, you know, do stuff that I've procrastinated and put off. You know, I tell people, take all your documents that that you have from marriage, all your financials, bank records, scan them. Put them in your computer and then download them onto a small little disk drive. Put that disk drive with some hard copies in a waterproof case um, with the you know the photos that you really love. you know the thing that that um, hurt people the most when you go back after the case of a you know a hurricane or a fire. The thing that they're most worried about are their memories of those pictures and, and their records to be able to prove who they are and what they had. You know, and if you had that already protected and ready to go, you know, you grab it and you go and you you know, you can then let go and not put yourself in danger trying to run around the house at the last minute and start collecting, you know, those little keepsakes that you think are important and lose vital seconds that that could save your life, so it's just about planning, and that's what you know. Preparedness month is all about. It's about getting a plan, and then um, being ready to implement it if you need it.
0: Right. So, and like for example, you know why it's so important to be prepared. Katrina mm-hmm. and earthquakes, and for example, I live in California, so obviously mm-hmm. they all keep talking about it ever since I was born about the big earthquake. Sure. What, what do you tell people that, what do you tell people to have? Do you have a list or do you tell them?
1: Oh, there's there's a million different lists. Uh, FEMA has a, a lot of good lists. I, I like their list, FEMA's list, but it's I think it's just a little uh, it's a little uh, watered down. I think that it needs to be a, a little more substantial. I mean, there's elements of survival that you gotta take into consideration. You know, um, water number one, and how to purify it. Number two is food. You know, something that um, if you can do it without heat, fantastic. If you need a heat source to heat it up, great. But it's got to have a long storage life. then after that, you have to have some type of shelter because if you have to leave your home for whatever reason, you need to be able to you – know, you might not find a shelter to go to to evacuate to. So you've got to be able to you know, have a small tent or a canopy or something that gives you cover from the elements. Um, and then some type of protection because, unfortunately, disasters tend to bring out animals, um, and I'm talking the two-legged versions, that you might need to protect yourself from. So those are important um factors to to um weigh together. And from there there's a million lists that are out there that are very detailed, um, you know, duct tape, uh, trash bags are number one. You know, there's so many different rules of thumb, but you know, the simple boiled down version is Food, water, shelter, protection. You know, those are elements of life that you have to um, sustain in an emergency situation. So all you're doing is trying to get the basic tools that will allow you to, to keep those elements flowing uh, until, you know, you can get back to some type of normalcy um, in your life.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. It's easy. It didn't,
1: I didn't mean to make sound that hard. It's really simple. Um, and the the thing is is that the more prepared that you get the less stress and the less that anxiety I hear in your voice oh, there's so much that you have to do but once you do it then it's like oh it's done I feel much more confident you, you feel more relaxed because then what happens in a, in, a, in a situation let's say where you're at let's just use the example if all of a sudden right now the floor started shaking and going nuts you might be that person going oh I have all my financial records I got to get this I got to get that I don't have anything put together and you're losing seconds as as it goes, and, you know, it it gets more disastrous as you wait. And during that time, panic sits in. And panic is really the thing that kills most people in in, um, survival situations, is they don't stop and think clearly about what has to happen. What's the next step? Um, They have to evaluate. There's a lot of acronyms that go along with survival situations you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. And, and, you know, there's other things about stopping and evaluating your situation, take stock of what you have. But if you already have done the preparing. That's where prepper comes from. If you prepare ahead of time, when it's not disaster time, when you're not under the gun, so to speak, to, to make sure you have everything in place, and I, do I have enough water? Um, I need at least a gallon a day. Okay, I have that. Now, I need food, at least 2,000 calories a day. All right, I have enough food You know, to last me two or three weeks. So, all right, you know, you can do it you know when you're calm and you'll be able to think out all the little um hiccups and bumps and put it all together and that's what they call a bug out bag once all of that stuff that you needed all the little check boxes on the list are all checked off then your bug bug out bag or your preparation earthquake bag whatever you want to call it is done now, if it comes to fruition and actually is an emergency situation, you know right there it clicks into that uh, automatic mode. Everything is already done. All I've got to do is grab that one bag and I go. And you're going to be way ahead of the game at that point. You'll be able to think clearer and you'll be able to save not only your life but maybe your neighbors.
0: That's really, really important. So, if, you know, if you have a huge family and you're talking about a gallon a day... Hmm. And then and then it's like you, well you have or how are you going to yeah do the math?
1: Away? It's tough. It's it, water's the number one. It's the most important one. I think <clears throat> what what you need to do is you know you need to have some sources, but here's the most important tip for survival that I can give anyone. And it's the one that's the most inexpensive. Actually, it's free. It's knowledge. Knowledge is the key to, to surviving um, any situation or any prepping or any natural disaster. It's about knowledge. It's about having the information in your head. It's easy to carry. It weighs nothing. And it could save your life. If I knew like if we we're in a situation like um, in where you have a large family and you had to um, get water, um, I know how to purify water without having any tools or without having um, Um, really fancy equipment where the next person may not be able to, they drink water that's contaminated and get sick and, and die. Um, So it's about the knowledge base that you have that you can go on, you know, YouTube, there's different videos that are out there. And that's a real simple thing. It's, you know, dedicate two minutes or three minutes a day, grab a video, hit it, Absorb it, learn that, and then at that point, you know when you need it it's there, but water you know i I tell people, keep enough on hand to keep you you know for the first day, but it's the water filtration system. Have a really good one, and life straw comes out with a product that's really fantastic and you know that's used around the world, and it's just like drinking out of a straw, but it just filters out all the the bad stuff that is going to give you um, um you know all the bad diseases and 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 dehydrate you if you were to you know get sick from drinking contaminated water, so you know those are inexpensive, lightweight, and they store easily in your backpack, so you know keep a few of those so then if you Type find a water straw? source, what's that
0: called life straw,
1: yeah, life straw, uh-huh yeah they've been around for for a long time and there's some newer products um we're always i'm always on the on the search for new new products and again as i mentioned if if we can't find one that we like and that i I can endorse then i'll go out and build one myself and and you know just so that it it's like i said very strong that it does what it says there's a couple of uh um new Uh, water contamination um, filter systems that we are looking at um, distributing. um, It's called Lifesaver. It's out of the UK. And uh, that is just a fantastic product. It um, is probably the best water filter on the planet. And um, so I want to be able to, to carry that. So for me, I never make excuses on you know, when it comes to survival, I tell everyone, hey, what's your life worth? You know, and for me, I want the best, period. You know, because it's not like in a disaster situation, you know, you go out and buy a real cheap water filter from Walmart. And, you know, all of a sudden, the first time you try to use it, it breaks. You can't, in a disaster, go back there and say, hey, give me my money back or let me get a new one. There is no second chances, you know. So it's the old adage my grandma used to say, you get what you pay for. So... Um, well I that's can... a,
0: you know, the wa- the water filter is really important. There's so many different points of view. I mean, even like you know, a Brita or a this just mm-hmm. drinking water without a, an emergency and how critical yeah. it is to have clean water and not a bunch of toxins in it. Yeah. So do what do you use daily? Is that what do you use life lifesaver or you use?
1: Yeah, I'm I i i have got well, right now. Um, we have a couple of different filter systems, but the one that I'll carry on my myself, they have two different versions. Um, it's actually uh, been the company was born out of aid relief, um, so they were going to third world countries where water was the worst. It was, I mean, more children die from um, illnesses due to you know water than anything else. It's it's very bad in third world countries. We take it for granted because we have such good filtration systems. On even our tap water um, but you know in a situation you know like a disaster, you know those systems are going to fail, and at that point, you know we are a third world country, and you have to be able to purify it, so they have a a an individual unit that is fantastic i've seen him scoop the nastiest muddy looking water and with two pumps he's able to squirt out perfectly sterile clean drinking water in in half a second it doesn't take any time whatsoever and their technology um if you look down at microns um which is all scientific stuff that i i don't really get but you know they said hey apollo virus is 0.25 microns big. And a lot of the filters out there, like the Britas and those, won't catch that. It'll go through because it's so small. I think most filters... Um, are like 0.5 uh, microns, you know, the, fil- the charcoal filters. So some of the littler pathogens will get through, but this one, it goes down to 0.15. So it'll even stop a polio virus, which is the smallest um, one out there. Um, is that, so a, is it, that the
0: life straw you're talking about? Or it-
1: uh, no, it's called Lifesaver. Um, we'll, yeah, we have. It's not yet in the United States. It's just now coming. Um, I think we're going to be like the first or second ones to actually start carrying it. And they have a version that's like the small one that I described, but it's in a five-gallon bucket style, like a jerry can, like you'd see, you know, on the old Jeeps. It's you know, holds five gallons worth of water, and you pour all the nasty water in, do a couple of pumps, and now you have this perfect uh, drinking water out of this little looks like a, a hose you might have on your dish your your sink um, to wash the dishes. So you can use that as a shower, but also use it to drink from, which is fantastic. And then they have one that's even bigger, which they use in villages in third world countries where it collects all the rainwater, gutter water, river water, puts it in a big holding tank and then you have three of these big pumps that goes through the, the filters and so entire villages now have perfect um, drinking water and uh, it's just amazing technology um, you Great. know we, we have a really good base of, of uh, I call them bird dogs guys that are out there always looking for the coolest newest stuff and then they, they they inform me and then I'll go out and grab it and test it and and then you know we try to give it to as many people as, as we can and at least again if it's just not the Product itself, it's the information. It's just sharing that way.
0: Right. So you know your your main focus is preparedness and mm-hmm. science. Are you? Do you have an underground house? Are you in that like that TV show? Are you? You know,
1: I I actually house? do. I, I actually do, and, and we we represent um, a underground shelter company. Um, mainly for their uh, underground shelters, they sell a lot, um, you know, through Tornado Alley and uh, places in you know in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Not so much here out in the West Coast. I, I personally have one up in my cabin area, and the reason I have one is we have really horrific. Um, forest fires out here. And when they come through, the forest fires, with the, especially with the type of trees, um, they have a high resin um, uh, content to them so the fires burn extra hot and they move very very fast um, and if you get caught in one you know it's it's dangerous we just i mean we just had uh, what twelve far, uh, firefighters die up in Prescott because right. the fires move so fast and you know these are professionals that fight fires you know I'm not a professional firefighter and you know I would hate to be caught in one so uh, I took the precaution of putting an underground shelter for for my cabin and you know my gear and my important things are in the underground versus, you know, in the cat wood cabin that if a fire comes through, all my stuff gets burned up. Plus, if I'm there, um, I know I have a safe place to go that my family would have no problem, you know, going through a fire and, and making it through the other side.
0: Right. Yeah. So uh, do you have a bunch of seeds and you have, grow your own gardens and you have that? We do.
1: We actually, um, uh, We. I, you know, I grew up in Colorado. Um, I grew up on a ranch, and my grandfather and grandmother were avid, um, well, businessmen, but also farmers. And uh, so they taught us a lot of farming skills, and uh, I grew up being very self sufficient and i'd loved you know fresh fruits and vegetables that we grew ourselves so um we actually um are working with a couple of, of american companies here um that are building aquaponics so i actually have an aquaponics um uh, okay
0: tell everybody what aquaponics i know yeah
1: you. aquaponics is kind Yeah, aquaponics is kind of like the next level of growing your own non-GMO, really healthy food. We sell, you know, food that's not genetically modified in any way. These are like the old style of food, right? And aquaponics is basically taking a nature and putting it in your either your backyard, in your garage, or we actually just got a brand new version that um, could be put in your apartment. And this little apartment hydroponics, it's not big. I mean, it takes up, it's about three feet tall and about a foot and a half wide, but that small patch of, of um, gardening area can produce more food than you would in a 30-by-30 space uh, uh, in the ground if you were to put a a garden in your backyard. Um, And the reason being is that um, the plants don't have to fight for the nutrients. What you're doing is you're taking clay, pebbles and putting them in a grow bed and then you're putting water a lot of water and the water comes from the fish tank so basically you would take tilapia or um, usually we use tilapia or trout and you put them into a very large tank we have different sizes one ours at home is a 300 gallon tank and we can raise about 200 tilapia fish um, I can harvest about 120 pounds of fish in a given year not to include all the crops that we grow too. Um, so you have a clay bed and then you have these floating beds so the roots don't have to push their way through the soil they get all the perfect nutrition and the fish um, the fish poo poo basically <laughs> I don't know how to how to say that more pc yeah. but the yeah. fish poo poo water all goes in through the um clay uh pebbles which gives a bacteria and that bacteria then you know feeds these plants and you grow about 2 to 2 to four times faster than you would anywhere else. It's amazing. And, you know, you can put it, grow lights on it and have crops growing year-round. Um, but, you know, right there in your garage or your house or we have it, you know, under our deck in the backyard. And uh, it's great. You grow crops right there or in your, or for that matter, you could put it in your apartment and be growing, you know, lettuce and and all sorts of green beans and whatever else you wanted to to, to grow no, no, right there.
0: I, Totally, I think everybody's going to get it, just like the victory gardens in World War II.
1: That's exactly it.
0: You know, grew their own garden and 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 they had you know, organic healthy food and that wasn't killing them. And...
1: Exactly. And you have your fish right there as well. So, you know, you have a source of protein. You, you know, have your lettuce and all your other vegetables right there. So you become more self-sufficient and plus it's a lot of fun. It's really neat to to, right. uh, to watch them grow and they right. grow really fast. So it's, 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 it's pretty fun. I don't let my yeah. wife touch it though. She still has no green thumb, so she'll kill no everything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay. No. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you, there's no, it was, you know, I'm a vegetarian, so it's really easy to, oh. to to survive with what you're talking about. Um, but even whether it's a disaster or not a disaster, it's such a good thing for people to be proactive and plant a garden sure. and. Lower their grocery bills, and
1: oh, for sure, yeah, and you know, I forgot the the number on that, Chris, of, of what the larger um, uh, aquaponics can produce. Um, you know, two grow beds is what what we had in our store here, can actually produce the same amount as like a quarter acre plot of land. Oh. Um, yeah and it's all waist high right there and uh you know the the uh, stuff that you know the the root systems after you've harvested the plant you chop all that up into you know a little mesh a little fine mincemeat, meat and throw it into the fish and these tilapia eat just about anything you throw in there so it's really kind of a the circle of nature right there in your in your backyard it's 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 kind of the new way of farming um, and it, like i said you don't have to worry about um you know pesticides or anything else. It's all right. just super simple.
0: So, so do you ha you have that information on your site where people can yeah. find out about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we have it on our on our website. Um uh, and he drop ships everything to you and there's simple tutorials to be able to follow, you know, how to how to you know grow your food. It takes about I think it's two weeks to get your water to the right level before you drop your fish in. Uh, but once that's that's taken care of, um, you drop them in. Those fish are hardy, and they give babies. And they just, you know, they keep making more fish. And the more fish, the richer your your water is, um, and um, the faster your plants grow. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. So um, so then everybody could go to your site, right? Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, um, gear up.
1: Yeah, it's cool. got a gearupcenter.com mm-hmm. is our website. And we have the bigger units and also the smaller ones. So for us, it was just like okay, how can we become more. You know, self-sufficient and have fun doing it. And and you know, food is obviously you know number two on our list. So um, we needed to find a way to say, what if you know any disaster happens? Most grocery stores in the country have about three days worth of food in them. That's all. There's no big warehouse in the back because it's produce. They turn it. They get about 14 shipments of food um, during the day. You'll see the big semis come in. So they're always moving and the Problem that we have in America right now is that you know wherever you 're at uh, unless unless you 're you know next to the farming communities, your food travels hundreds and hundreds of miles to get to your grocery store before you can actually purchase it to eat it so if there 's any hiccup in our gas transportation uh, whatever um, most disasters they show um that it 's going to be about what is it, three hours, um, and most of the food is gone. In three days, it'll be totally closed out. And then after that, um, you probably won't see any more food coming in, depending on the emergency. So, you know, if you look in your cabinets, how much food do you think you have right now for yourself? What do you think?
0: Oh, are you asking me? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I to put
1: you on the spot like that, but. Oh, okay.
0: Just- well, um you know, I don't eat canned foods, you know I'm vegetarian. We have gardens, and our we have you know our own gardens, and so you know I've got a week.
1: About a week, yeah. And the average most people are only about five days if they're eating really thin. So, you know, that's 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 really tough to think if, you know, after five days there's no more food, you know, what do you do at that point? So, and, and for me, you know, I have small kids. Well, they're not small anymore, um, 17, uh, 16, and 13, but... I think this is the worst time actually. They eat it like it's night and day. I can't even keep up with them as it is. I can't imagine in a survival situation I have to carve them back. But, you know, you look at that. that last thing I ever want to do is have my kids say, Dad, I'm hungry, or Dad, I'm afraid. So, you know, I'm looking at down the road. Okay, I'm going to, I'll get a little extra and. You know, the food that I usually get is got a 25-year shelf life. So once I buy it, I kind of forget it. And it's an insurance program, really, for me and for my kid. You know, when he goes off to college, he'll take his rations with him. So then I'll tell him, hey, don't ever hit me up for for money for the next year. You know, I know you're not going to starve.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, do you... you Do trainings with people or teach people how to get ready? or You know,
1: we occasionally will have meet-up classes um, either here at the store um, or, you know, at a a restaurant where we'll rent out an entire restaurant and, you know, bring a whole bunch of people in and speakers. But, you know, the plan is what we're looking to do is um, I've contacted a couple of of pretty big players in in the preparation um, arena. And we're kind of getting together and we're looking at building a a megastore, a megastore. It's like prepper heaven. Uh, You know, it's kind of like the ultimate man cave where that's going to be the focus. You know, we'll have the product there, everything from food, water, um, shelter, clothing, um, weapons, uh, everything. But it's education is what we're going to focus on, and uh, the store will have lots of little classrooms that you can, you know, speak to the experts, learn what you need to do. Um, classrooms also that are outfitted for um, fighting, you know, fully padded rooms where, you know, we'll have um, rape classes where, you know, we'll have a guy in a padded suit and, you know, he'll pretend to attack you, and we're going to give you the tools to be able to fend them off, and you know, teach you how to be, you know, self-reliant. Um, We're going to have rock climbing, um, rappelling classes. You know, if you had to go down that 90-foot cliff, could you do it? If you can't, we're going to teach you. Um, We're going to give you – it's like, you know – Bear grills Gone Wild in a building kind of a thing. It's going to be a lot of fun um, and indoor firing range. And on top of that, we're going to have a manufacturing plant in the back um, where we're going to be working with government liquidator. Um, it's a very large website that basically repurposes all the gear that the government you know, basically gives away or, or throws away. These companies come in, buy it out and then auction it off to larger stores. But we're going to be the big guy and we're going to teach people how to repurpose um, gear to, you know, to fit their needs and, and um, you know, Hopefully recoup some of our taxpayers' money that's out there. Um, it's amazing some of the, uh, some of the stuff you can uh, find on these, in, on these websites about how they give stuff away. It's just mind boggling. But, you know, the great thing about government, uh, liquidation, it's the best gear. I mean, to get a contract with the government, they require you to jump through so many hoops and have the best gear. And, um, you know, once, you know, a company has made it to that level. You know, you know, as a consumer, that stuff that our troops are wearing is the best. It's gone through so many tests. Um, so I, you know, my own personal, I'd like to try to get as much, you know, military gear as as, as I can because I know it's already been vetted really well.
0: So the average person that's sitting there in Tornado Alley or Hurricane Land or in mm-hmm. Earthquake Land, and anywhere anybody is where everybody's vulnerable, and there's so many crazy things that are about to happen
1: yeah. or that
0: could happen, mm-hmm. besides food and water, what other things would you suggest people to do? Well, I mean, I
1: look at... You know, let's let's take an example of let's say our economy right now, which is really kind of on the forethought. You know, for myself personally, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I, I I try to look at as many alternative sources of information as I can. I don't think that the mainstream media is going to give us half of the truth or yeah. even a tenth of it. And so, let's say the worst case scenario happened where all of a sudden we had a bank holiday, which has happened in the past. I mean, it happened in Panama two days ago where they close the, the banks for 5 days. Why we don't know, but for 5 days a lot of times, you know, if you know a, a person's out there, I know people that are going paycheck to paycheck and you know, they don't carry cash and they, you know, they live off the credit card, right? And right. if the banks are all closed and you know, mm-hmm. the bank tellers aren't giving any money out anymore, what are you going to do? So it's a you know it's a question of taking stock and saying okay well I'm going to have X amount of cash on hand I think diversifying in gold and silver is is real important in in you know volatile times right now um, I I tell people though if if a disaster ever really happened. You know, people go, oh, I have tons of gold and silver and I have a lot of cash. You know, if you came into my store right now and say it's a disaster, I wouldn't take your money. I wouldn't take your gold. I wouldn't take your silver. You know, to me as a prepper, that doesn't mean anything to me on the onset of an an event, whatever that event is. You know, when they say Mm -hmm. it hits the fan. So it, for a lot of people, is different. But let's say um, our economy crashes and the doors close to the banks and um, they're going to revalue our money and it'll be half the value of of what it's worth right now because it's hyperinflation or whatever At that point, I tell people, you know, you need to go back to the basics. You know, you had better have food. You better have, you know, water and how to purify it and protection. You know, in a lot of different books that are out there, bullets actually would become more valuable than gold, Um, you know, to be able to protect yourself or to gather food, you know, to hunt game. Um, So it's it's one of those things that I I tell people just – you know it's it's a it's a a choice for me a lifestyle but it's also an investment and you know i have car insurance i have health insurance um life insurance why not life assurance and i look at that as you know have those elements that you need in case everything falls apart you know you have enough food you have enough water and one thing i hadn't mentioned that's important and is is first aid um super super important especially if you're you know older and um, have ailments Mm -hmm. and or prescriptions that you have to worry about, you know, have three months stock of, you know, your medicines that you have, you know, because if anything happens, that's the first thing that goes is, you know, robbers and looters always go after the drug stores first. Mm -hmm. That's the Mm -hmm. first thing that uh, the bad guys go after are the drugs and alcohol. So that'll be the first thing that's gone and looted. After that, you know, if you're require certain medicines to live then you know that's important so i say you know stock up on those few things to give yourself that time for things to kind of shake out and for you know the police and you know or the military or whatever to come in and get some kind of you know rule of law back back in place
0: so do you have um like air, are you using heirloom seeds? Are you using special seed? What kind of yes. seeds?
1: Yes. You- yeah, I use I use the heirloom seeds that, that you know. Then you can turn around and you know take the seeds from the plant and replant them again. <clears throat> and they have there there we have quite a few uh, of them. I think one of our packets takes care of three quarters of an acre, and it's relatively cheap. And, and uh, I think it's like thirty nine dollars or something. So it's a lot of seeds, and that keeps. Re- you know, plenishing yourself and reproducing. So, $39 um,
0: for what was that?
1: For like three quarters of an acre. Really?
0: Wow.
1: Uh, yeah. And that, uh, that runs the gamut too. It's quite a few different um, types of seeds. And, you know, my recommendation for the seeds, um, I tell people definitely it, buy at least one package for yourself and two or three more for your group or for bartering. You know, um, if you needed something right now, um, you have seeds. That's the future. That's food. That's worth a lot of money. And um, I think that it would come to the barter situation if there's ever a natural disaster. And once you buy the seeds, I always tell people, put them in your freezer. It helps to uh, keep the life of the seed. Um, but, you know, if they're frozen or in a freezer, it takes, I think their, their life is right around five years, so...
0: If they're, okay, if they're not in a the freezer, then what's their life?
1: It's less. the The lifespan is like two years. The the shelf okay. life of them it's about two years. Mm-hmm. But if you freeze them, they're about five years.
0: Oh, okay. So, um, well, that's interesting. I remember Y two K when everybody was thinking the end of the world was Y two K and
1: yeah.
0: buying all kinds of seeds and things. Then,
1: yeah,
0: right. I was one of those yeah. people. I got some seeds. Well, that was just a smart thing. We have gardens, but then
1: yeah, you use it. That's 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 uh, something that you use every day. So for you, uh-huh. that's just the way of life. So, right. but man, if it did happen, you'd be the go-to girl for sure. People would be knocking on your door.
0: Right. So. Right. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I think
1: that's a bad thing, but that's why I like the the aquaponics. I can, I can actually keep it uh, low-key, and uh, no one even knows what you have at that point. So.
0: Right. so you have that on your site too, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Great. Well, um, so share with us some more. Give us some more. We've got a little bit left in the show. Hmm. What other tips would you like to share with everybody that's really important? That we haven't
1: well, talked about yet. Wow. you know, um you know, the, the as far as like you were talking about products and 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 uh, you know, having that, what tools that you need, you know, there are certain elements that you really need to focus on, you know, from light sources to um, fire starters. Um, You know, for me, it's always a rule of three, always have backups to the backup. So, you know, all the tools I design all have that backup mentality. Um, One of the ones that has gone kind of crazy for us, I just um, had a little segment on Glenn Beck that um, kind of showcased one of my latest inventions that I think is really apropos to today's, what's going on with, you know, um, the gun movement and firearms and whether people, you know, either are for them or against them. Um, I think it all comes to personal choice, but I think, you know, in, we're talking a bad scenario when it hits the van, um, you know, people that are not gun, um, owners will definitely want to be gun owners, you know, and I'm not the guy that says, Hey, I got to go and have these crazy, you know, ultra fast guns. And, you know, the thousand round clips, I'm looking at weapons as a tool is how do I collect game? If someone were trying to take something or hurt my family, how can I protect them? And, um, when it comes to survival situation, it's, it's never going to be how many guns they have. It's, you know, do you have ammunition? And right now we've had an ammunition shortage and no one had ammunition, couldn't find it. And, you know, you can have the coolest gun in the world, but if you don't have the bullets to shoot, what good is it? You know, it's just an eight pound metal club. And so I designed a, a weapon system that was really simple, but it becomes the ultimate survival rifle, being that it starts off life as a t- 12 gauge shotgun And it has a 22 at the bottom, which are your two most common rounds. But I've invented these inserts that go into the 12 gauge shotgun tube that will basically adapt that shotgun to be able to fire 12 different. Uh, caliber of ammunition that you might acquire or find or trade with. Um, so it gives you that total survivability to adapt and survive to whatever you find. It's only a single shot it only shoots one bullet at a time making it a much safer uh, gun If you, especially if you have people that aren't really familiar with weapons um, it makes it a, 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 a safer um, weapon mm-hmm. to handle. It's very lightweight and uh, again it's, it's that one tool that I think most people need to have mm-hmm. uh, just in case. You know, it's great for home defense if you put the right round in. I mean, if you're in bear country, it protects you from, you know, those type of animals. And, um, you know, for collecting small game, if you're in a survival situation, you know, the twenty two mm-hmm. or smaller calibers work perfect. So um, that's when I tell people protection, mm-hmm. um, you know, having something like that is 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 a must-have.
0: Yeah, well, I, I have a—I think I have a hard time with the gun part because I'm one of those back from the no-killing. You know, I was so nonviolent I wouldn't even wear leather. Yeah. So I think I'll be the last to get the gun thing, but I know a lot of people like them. And again, yeah, it's—it's it's everybody's it's choice and.
1: Yeah, but, you know, again, it it all comes down to, you know, what, what you're – it's 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 about your experience. You know, for me, you know, I've been in the military and used to handling weapons, but, right. um, you know, I've also been in those situations where, you know, I've had my personal space invaded um, literally with me in it, and it was a life or death situation, and, and I just thank God I had a gun um, at my side, and, and it really was just the sound of the gun going – you know, loading around in the chamber that caused the the guy who was strung out on drugs to turn around and go back down the stairs and not come up and attack me and my sister. So... You know, I if I didn't have one, mm, I don't know what would have happened. I might not be here at that point. So I think that, you know, depending on your experiences, you know, if that would happen to you, you may be the kind of person that changes their mind. Say, you know, just in case. Um, and that's what it was before. Maybe not to kill Bambi or, or you know, a little bunny. No
0: killing Bambis. Right? Yeah. No,
1: no, no. And and beyond that I, I tell people if you're if you're the kind of uh guy that's um you know, a prepper that thinks, Oh, I'm gonna don't worry, I have a gun, I'm gonna go out and live off the land, good luck with that one. Um there's about a million other people that are out there trying to that's do the true. same thing and finding game is hard enough. Killing it is hard and you know, I, I prefer to have a garden and uh and grow my food where I don't have to run around trying to hunt it down. You know, it's safer that way.
0: Yeah, boy, that's a definitely another world for sure.
1: <laughs> that is.
0: Do you, do you, do you, is that what you foresee? You see it turning into the, what they show on TV, the zombie world? And, and running you
1: know, crazy? I, I certainly hope not, but, you know, I think there's there's a couple of really good books. It's, uh one book that I recommend to everybody read. Um, it's called One Second After, and um, uh, Newt Gingrich wrote the foreword on it, and um, he... Um, you know, told everyone in Congress, you've got to read this book and he wound up buying books and handing them all out to every congressman, you know, on the hill, trying to get them to open their eyes to the potential of an EMP attack. Um and then an EMP attack from a rogue nation would be them setting off a, a nuclear device in our stratosphere. It only takes one, three hundred miles above say Kansas City. They don't have to hit. doesn't have to hit the ground, and it doesn't have to be as big as the bomb in Hiroshima, but it would literally fry out every chip, every electronic device that we have. And then it shows – the book basically describes what would happen to our society if we had no power. And I know it sounds real simple, but, um, they've been a lot of war game studies done on this. And within a year after a bomb like that goes off, which, by the way, um, every rogue nation has the capability, um, uh, that's out there. They have the EMP. I mean, it's, it's a fact. It's just how do they deliver it? Right. Um, and that's not very difficult to be able to do. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a real threat. And if it were to happen, they say what 95% of the Americans, um, would, would die in the first year due to starvation, illness, sickness, rioting, um, just based on not having power, which is, you know, so you ask it, it, you know, do I see it happening? No, I hope not. But, you know, could it happen? Yeah, with one push of a button it could happen. And it doesn't have to be full nuclear attack. But then again, Mother Nature could throw that ball at us as well. Um and that's happened back in what, eighteen fifty nine, the Carrington effect. That's what they called it. It's Basically, the scientists that discovered it, that there was a very large solar flare that hit Earth and um, North America in, in particular. And at the time, you know, in the 1800s, there, they didn't have electronics. It was telegraph wires, and but there was enough electricity in the air that railroad ties – would suck up the energy and then start the railroad, um, you know, the little ties. It would start the wood on fire, and it would burn down all the telegraph wires. So imagine a flare hitting us in today's society. It would be the same thing as a man-made EMP, um, only worse. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah,
0: one way or another, it, I do feel that we are right on the edge of all of those things that have been prophesized for centuries in yeah. all kinds of different books all over the planet. For yeah. sure. And people've got to be ready. They've got to be prepared physically, mentally, spiritually, every level. I agree. That's, that's where I come from. And pre retirement, I talk a lot about money, but that's just the first level. You know, Mm -hmm. because that's just the bar to exchange, but the, you know, the consciousness and what we do with our lives, and so, yeah, definitely. Hey, we're coming. we got a few minutes left. I think this is great stuff, and and I'm happy to help promote what you're doing, and um, so maybe you could just give us a little cherry on the top of what what you'd like to leave our listeners with.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, uh, uh, I guess the cherry would be, because I get uh, this question a lot, and um, you know, and, and people, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's their religious belief or, or whether it's just they haven't thought about it, um, but they say, I don't know if I could do it. That would be, and I'm like, it? You mean survive? And they go, yeah, I don't know if I could survive. And I go, well, let's take a test. And so it's an easy test. And I say, here's what you do. You close your eyes, clear your mind, and I'm going to ask you a question. When I answer the question, I want you to visualize a big blackboard. It has nothing written on it, but it flips over. And when you flip it over, you're going to see a beautiful image, and that image is what I want you to focus on. And so I ask you the question, blank chalkboard. All right, ready? And this is what's going to tell you whether you're going to live or you're going to die. And I'll say, who are you willing to die for? Now flip over the chalkboard, and that person or thing is what you're willing to die for. And if it's blank, yeah, just check check that checkout box. You're not gonna make it. But for the most time, people are gonna usually have a picture of their kids or their their loved one or something. Maybe even your pet. I don't know. But that is basically the basis of survival. That image, that will, that's your will to survive. And so no matter where you're at in the world, you can flip that chalkboard. You can see that image, and that's what will give you the courage, the strength um, to be able to carry on from one day to the next until you can get back to that that vision.
0: Great. Yeah, well, you know, you got to have something bigger than yourself to lay your life down for. Yeah. And...
1: What was your vision?
0: Well, my vision, I have I have this big vision of peace on earth. I'm, there you go. You know, where um, a lot of the people I love have already crossed over the other side. So I, re- I had to dig for that er- early. Um, and, like, because there only seemed two choices. And the one was selfish. You know, me, poor me, I don't have this, I don't have that anymore, I don't have my husband or my mom, yeah. you know. Or, wow, I have been so blessed, I can share back and give back to the world, which are my kids, right? Yeah. family, so that's why I'm alive here and trying to share as much of the blessings I've been given in every way I can, so.
1: That's that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been really an honor and a pleasure to talk with you, and and maybe we'll do a follow-up when you get your book out, and we can do a little promotion for you, and really, really do appreciate having you.
1: I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. We we'll right. look forward to talking to you again. Okay,
1: bye bye. Blessings,
0: bye
2: bye. See you. I Found out you can't take a curve at eighty five. My whole life flashed before my eyes i braced myself to leave this world behind as a million questions raised across my mind did i live did i love did i matter to someone did i give everything i had to give did i save any souls was i worried about my own Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope, and laughter? Did I matter? Did did, did I matter? From that moment I became a brand new me. With the golden ticket to a better destiny And I told my heart there'll never come a day When I'd have to search inside of me and say Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter to someone? Did I give everything I had to give? Did I say any souls. Was I worried about my own? Was I haunted by the things I never did? Did I embrace each day with faith, hope and laughter? Did I matter? Did, did, Did I matter? I hope I can be a voice of inspiration and my story finds you well. Cause when the curtain falls, there ain't no second chances, and you don't want to ask yourself, did I live, did I love, did I matter to someone, did I give everything I had to give, did I save?